I'm delighted to introduce our next guest onto the programme this morning, representative of West Belfast and president of Sinn Féin since 1983. Jerry Adams announced at the commemoration at Eden Tubber on Sunday that he is to put his name forward for the Sinn Féin nomination for the Loud constituency at the next general election. First of all, Jerry, welcome to, to the programme this morning. And next of all, why, why did you put your name forward? Because of the crisis that the country's in, particularly this part of the country. Because when I'm going about my business, you know, I'm fairly well known, so people will come up to me. And in a funny sort of a way, because I'm not from here, if I'm in Dublin or Limerick or somewhere else, people will come and tell me their tales of woe about negative equity or their kids having to go uh, abroad or just having, you know, how are they going to face Christmas and, and so on. And, and then the sameness of the debate, despite our efforts, you know, that you, you, you have Fine Gael and Labour signing up for government policies about trying to reduce this deficit in four years or signing up for cuts and so on. So it was put to me, and it's, it's been a debate within the party off and on for the last 10 years that I should stand somewhere here. And to tell you the truth, I've always knocked it back. You know, I was busy about West Belfast. I was busy about the peace process. But I eventually, sometime later, or earlier on this year, came to the personal conclusion that if it was the right political thing to do, that I would do it. Uh, and then Arthur's tenure, because he had made very clear he wasn't going to stand any more than two terms. Yeah. There could be an election any time. We had to get our house in order. There's other people here who you know, would be very, very good Sinn Féin uh, candidates. And then up came the idea that, OK, I should stand. And I should stand in Louth. So I came into Louth and I talked to, on a one-to-one basis. I just phoned people up. I phoned uh, Tomas Sharkey up and Pierce McHugh and uh, Amelda Munster and all maybe eight or nine other people and just went and so I just went and had a cup of coffee with them and said, "Look, it's been put to me that I should stand here. What do you think?" And they were all for it. So right. here we are. We've had a, a week of or two of theorising and strategising and then you declare it and you're into it and that's that's the story. I mean, that's a, I mean you mentioned Tomás Sharkey there. I suppose a lot of people in, in Dundalk and a lot of people around this area would have um, thought that maybe Tomás Sharkey might have been the, the, the man to, to step up and take Sure, that. sure. It isn't, it isn't for me to say that. Uh, that's a local d- decision for convention, but I have to say that Tomás would be an exemplary candidate for Sinn Féin and in many ways the sort of natural uh, successor for Arthur Morgan and Arthur is a hard act to follow but uh, when I went and and, and, and said to uh, Tomás what, what did he think he was totally for it I, you know, I, I, I asked yeah. him two questions I asked him one uh, what did he think of the idea and two depending on his answer did, I, did he think we could win the seat with me and he answered yes to both those questions. He was enthusiastic about Now, um, Arthur had a, a great relationship with the people of, of Loud, County Loud. I mean, where do you see yourself of, you know, in that relationship? Well, I know Louth well. No, I obviously don't know it as well as Arthur. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be expected to know as many people in the county as Arthur. But I've spent a lot of time around the coolies. You know, I, I, I used to go there as a kid, and then in in the 80s, probably from the time I met Arthur, 
I've been regular visitor into the coolies. I, I love hill walking and I like dogs. So you, you would have found me many a wet Sunday afternoon up in Sleeve Fire, going across Barnamave or up to Carnawaddy with a couple of, of, of dogs on my heel. And I very friendly for a long time with a, a man. He's since dead from Anagassan. And uh, in those days now of, of, of the conflict, if the likes of me was going home after a day of meeting in Dublin, and it was a dark November evening, and the UDR were out in the roads, and the RUC were out in the roads, you tended not to travel after dark because you didn't yeah. want to hassle. So I would have pulled into Arthur Morgan's or into Clem Guineas. And, you know, in that way you get to know neighbours and you get to know... And you get up early in the morning do your hour's walk before you, you go yeah. on about your uh, your business. And politically, you know, the first election I was involved in here was Paddy Agnes. You know, when, 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 when Paddy was the the prisoner during the uh, his block hunger strike and he won the seat famously and that mm-hmm. was my first canvas here, first effort to to be involved and I've canvassed with Arthur in every single election every election that he's been involved in and I've been uh, around the periphery of some of the campaigns he's been involved in like the hospital campaign, I remember eight, nine, ten years ago going in with Arthur and meeting the people in the hospital and the staff in the hospital so I would I, would, I, I don't want to pretend that I I certainly don't know Louth as well as I know West Belfast, but I, 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 I'm no stranger to the county. Oh, well, that's it. I know County Loud knows the name Jerry Adams mm. anyway. Jerry, um, I mean, if if you win, if you win in this election, if you're successful in this election, will you have to move from from Belfast down to Dundalk? Have you thought about that, or what about your your family? Uh, will they come down with you? How do they feel about moving? Well, well, I have decided that I have to stand down in West Belfast because I, I can't serve two constituencies. And I've decided almost as an earnest of my intention and the seriousness of this, of this to give up those seats. And, you know, without over-exaggerating, it is a bit of a wrench because I do have a very special relationship with the people of West Belfast. Mm. They've been hugely loyal with me for and with Sinn Féin. You know, it's, we get the biggest parliamentary vote anywhere in these islands and have done so for a very, very, very long time. So I have a huge depth of gratitude for for people there. And then secondly, uh, I, I couldn't serve the people of County Louth unless I lived here. So uh, I've talked it over with Clat, my wife, and our family home, in my home is in West Belfast, so that will remain. I, I do what a lot of TDs and others, MEPs do, they come and do the work and they stay for the three or four days or the five days and then they go home. So that's what I'm going to do. I will live here in the uh, constituency. Uh, I don't know where. And I uh, will go home uh, to West Belfast whenever the chance comes and hopefully Clet will come up and down whenever she's so moved. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's it's not something to take very lightly. It's it's a, it's no, a it's huge a big, move. No, it took it took me a long time in terms of just, as I say, in two parts coming to a personal decision because the, the personal decision had to be the first one psychologically, yeah. the personal decision, and then the, the political judgment about whether that was the right thing to do. Now I know that you in, in West Belfast, as you said, the, the both your followers and, and Sinn Fein's followers. How are they going to feel, Jerry, about? you know, you leaving them and coming down here? The same as a lot of people here feel about Arthur bowing out. And I, and I met that today. The two of us were about Drahada and Dundalk all day today. And many people, particularly women, uh, 
come up to Arthur and said that they were very, very sorry to see him going. Mm. And I've had exactly the same uh, response in the west of Belfast. My house has been inundated with phone calls and, uh, you know, people just... Uh, it's very gratifying to know that people uh, think like that. But, I mean, people in the are sophisticated. Irish people are generally those who are interested in politics quite sophisticated in their political thinking and West Belfast or Louth would be similar uh, places and, and people in West Belfast will figure out Louth that uh, the people who live here you can't get the type but of but I also want to have a mandate to people. argue mm. and on, debate on, on, on unless the of this your leadership can be Irish reunification working at that about no, getting orange and green to be more comfortable with each other and I have to continue to focus about fairness and decency in our lives and to making sure that know that people are looked after have improved hugely in the north kids have access to education and that we have the same fundamentals to focus on but not the same urgency as we had during the big transparency and decency and you know and they should so I think people will rationalise and the anniversary and, of uh, and come around nineteen and, and understand and hopefully support we're have a lot what I'm doing to be and hopefully people here in those will do the same thing. Deputy First Minister Martin McGuinness now he's quoted as saying the that you're declared in that day, proclaimed in that day, in the country. That look I mean, in the and you're coming down, you're putting it all on the line, and I think that's a big debate that I want to be part of and want to try and influence and to. To bring people you know, into this, it's probably the safest this recession universe. can be no, tackled. I mean, this recession we, we can be beat. W- the last and election, more than that, we can come out of it stronger. Than we took seventy-three percent of the vote. Finally, Jerry, um, I suppose so no matter what your the listeners' political views are out there, you'd have to say that your reputation three as, three a, as a leader, political leader, in the street, as a our senators, you know, our Republicans. So it is a big thing to do. But look, I mean, it, it isn't about myself, me. So it isn't about you know. Obviously, I could stay in West Belfast and continue to do my work and so on and so forth. But there's just there's just something in my character, and I think it's with lots and lots of. Republicans, especially those of us who are the generation which have come through the last 40 years, mm-hmm. that if, if, if you're going to call upon other people to make a stand, which I've been doing fairly consistently, right? well, then you've got to put up or shut up, and uh, that's what I'm doing. Jerry, I read somewhere that during the, the Good Friday Agreement that there was supposed to be uh, structures or procedures put in place there where a, a, an MP could go down and speak, have speaking rights I, in the doll. And uh, has that happened? No, and you're right. And, uh, that's that's the truth of it. Uh, I, I raised this with the Taoiseach of the day, Bertie O'Hearn at that time. He gave me a very firm commitment that he would uh, move in Leinster House to bring in a protocol which would allow MPs mm-hmm. from the North to come and have speaking rights in the Dáil. Uh, he reneged on that commitment. He told me afterwards, and we, we, we dealt with this for about five or six years, that he couldn't get the support of Labour and Fine Gael for that proposition. And I told him he should go ahead, that, 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 that people here, generally speaking, would welcome. You know, the unionists obviously wouldn't come at first, but I presume they'd welcome, as, as evidence again of the peace process, uh, People from West Belfast or Derry are from on our throne coming, and as unions got a bit more confidence, you know, people would be really delighted if you had mm-hmm. the NPs there, Peter Robinson down. You mightn't agree with them, but to have them, you know, because Irish people, broadly speaking, want to see us all together and want there to be peace and harmony on the island and this lovely 
term of uniting orange and green. You know, most most people believe that's the right that's the right uh, thing. So, uh, arguably, if if Bertie had done that, then I could raise the issues that I want to raise from my position as an MP for West Belfast. But Bertie wouldn't do it. Now, as you know, the well, the state of not only the state of this economy, Jerry, this the state of it, it's global now at the moment. But I mean, Ireland is is really getting hit hard. I mean, all the governments have their their strategic plans. I mean, the different parties there of what they would do, they would do this or they would do that. I mean, what is what's what has Sinn Fein got that's different? What different strategy or what different outlook does Sinn Fein have? Well, the two parties in government and the two main parties in opposition are at one about cuts. And they're at one about getting the deficit reduced inside four years. And we have a different view. First of all, it just doesn't make sense. If, you, if you're bringing so much money into your house and for some reason you have less money, now you can then leave off little luxuries or you can, you can you know, buy less of things like chocolates or wine or whatever your, your take is, uh, but you really know that if if you start taking your breakfast away from your kids or if you, you start not paying the heating bill or you don't pay electricity, you end up in dire straits. Mm-hmm. And and, and if, if you need more money. You need to go and get another wee job on the side. You need to go and borrow some money. You need to maybe find, find some different innovative way. So same same with recession. The problem is that the government are going to reduce the economy in order to pay the bankers and have less money, less cash flow. So what we're saying is you need to stimulate the economy. You need balanced, sustainable growth. We've argued that the political classes need to come up to the plate on this, that they need to inspire a wee bit of confidence, that ministers should take a 40% cut. We, we have a Taoiseach and we have heads of state and semi-state bodies, like the, the heads of the HSE. I was in Drahada today. There are 20 people over the weekend on trolleys in the corridor of the new Annex and Lourdes Hospital. Yet the head of the HSE receives more wages than the President of the United States of America. We're saying that there should be a cap put in all of that. What will that bring in? That'll bring in, just by doing those measures, the, the, the TDs and the, the ministers and capping the top civil servants, $300 million. Mm-hmm. Much, much more than would be brought in by taking ten pounds off an old age pension or ten euros off somebody on uh, social welfare. We're saying that those who have assets of more than a million outside of farming land, even temporarily, a one percent tax. That's what they do in France, a one percent tax. We're saying take the pension reserve fund, take six point nine billion out of it because that's what it's used for investment. They're investing in France and. European states with our money, put put the investment in here. Make it make it a stimulus package for jobs, and then all those schools that are in prefabs and all those schools that are in condemned buildings, get the construction industry to have a a a, 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 a bit of a catalyst by by kickstarting it in that direction. Uh, instruct the banks to release credit to small businesses and medium-sized uh, businesses. And in all those ways, what you will have is money starting to go into the economy because people will, will have money, you have to spend it, and then you'll have, you'll have spin-offs. You know, the, the, people will have a bit of money to 
go to a hairdresser to buy coffee and all that will employ more people and more people and more people as opposed to shrinking the economy and, and slicing the economy. How long do you think, Jerry? like with that approach? I know they're saying, oh, the government is saying oh, over the next uh, four years, I mean, they can make these, these changes. I mean, the changes that you're talking about are probably going to take, uh, take longer. It's a well, the Department of Finance and what we have given them for next year have costed that we would be able, uh, by, by, by taking these measures, to uh, save 4.6 billion, right? That we would start to reduce the deficit mm-hmm. in one year by 4.6 billion. Now, if you examine the, the government's record in some of these things, the government a year ago said the deficit was 7.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be using too many statistics. Yeah. It was 15 billion. So, incompetent. I mean, if, if, if it had been 18 and a half, you could excuse, you know, I mean, but to have it so far out. And the other thing that uh, isn't factored into all of this, and they're talking about this budget, and they're talking about if we do all of this, and you say to them, look, why are you doing all these cuts? And they say, well, they win the confidence of the international markets. The international markets have no confidence yes. whatsoever. But they're not even factoring in the fact that up the line is coming a bill of 35 to 50 billion for NAMA. So it, 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 isn't, it isn't to put money into the Earth's Hospital or to, to restart Louth. It's to go into the banks. And that's the yeah. disgrace about the whole thing. I mean, there was one, well, I suppose on a, on a, on a local issue, um, the Louth Hospital, we all know the, the, you know, the, the Trojan work that was being done by, uh, by Arthur Morgan and by Tomás Shaki. I mean, turning up for meeting after meeting after meeting for, for the Save the Hospital campaign. There was loads of, uh, you know... Farcicals going on about different politicians not wanting to sit down at a table mm. with different politicians, which, I mean, you know, I, I thought that wouldn't it be great if people like that could sit down, even from different political views, with, with a goal to look in the head? Surely isn't that what, the, what they've done up north? Well, I mean, one of the big things that politicians have to learn is how to be able to have discussions with people who disagree with you. Yeah. And we all have to learn that, I suppose. And then you find in the course of having such discussions that maybe the disagreements aren't as big as you may have thought. And that out of all of the discussion back and forth, it will come the germ of an idea. And then you get a plan. And then you get a program. And then you get action. And then you get a resolution. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's our I and my experience as an activist dealing with these issues day and daily. It all has to be about cohesion, about team building, about inclusivity, and about bringing the experts in. And, you know, sometimes the experts are the people who are highly trained and uh, have, have uh, an expertise of a formal kind, but sometimes it's also just ordinary people who are living in the community and ordinary people who know about farming or who know about hospital services or who know about uh, an environmental issue. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you, Jerry, was, you know, Arthur, he's been uh, in there for a long time now. I mean, uh, he, as I said earlier on, he's a great relationship with the people. What was there anything that you'd like to, to say to Arthur as he stands down? Well, I said to him when, when you know, he, he finally, and, and fairness to him, because I was one of the people who persuaded him to stand for the second term, I went and talked to him and we had a good crack about it all. I said to him, when you announce this, you're going to shock a lot of people mm. and you're going to disappoint a lot of people and people are going to be sorry. Don't underestimate that that is the case. And I've seen evidence of that. And if you want, you know, any surer testimony that he was a good TD, 
than it was in the people who come up to him today and said to him, we're really, really sorry to see you, you you're gone. He's, he's a friend of mine. I first met him, I was joking about this, I first met him in the his flocks of Long Cash when he was the captain of the Republican Marine uh, <laughs> Navy. Uh, he'd been caught on Carlyport Lock on a, a rowing boat with a couple of other lads. And uh, he was always quirky, always, you know, had a, had a lovely wee humorous turn of phrase. Yeah. And uh, I value his friendship very, very, very much. And I'm delighted, even though uh, he's standing down, that he's going to remain active. I mean, Arthur will be a Sinn Féin member and a Republican until the day that he dies, and I'm, I'm glad that he's going to keep working with us. Do you think, Jerry, that uh, your your opposition up north will be jumping for joy and rubbing their hands at the news that you're standing down and standing for loud? Uh, I'd like to think that they'd be sorry to see me go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you see, what a lot of people mightn't understand, especially especially people who wouldn't have the great, uh, I suppose, perk. It can be a bit exhausting, but the big great, great perk of being able to travel up and down the island. It's very small. Yeah. Really, really, really small. You know, I, it's it's forty five minutes from my house to Arthur Morgan's house. You know, it'd probably take you longer to come from Drahada to Arthur Morgan's house, you know. So it is possible to be in Stormont on a Monday morning and to be in Leinster House on a, a Monday afternoon. I've done that many times. And uh, while I'm while I'm going to be working here and hopefully we'll get a mandate from the people of this uh, county, I'm a national politician. I'll still be up and down to Belfast. I'll still be engaging with the British when we need to do that. I still mm-hmm. want to talk to Peter Robinson and the Unionist and continue my relationship with Ian Paisley. And we still have to do all of those things that we need to do. So, Jerry, finally, tell me, why should the, the people of County Loud vote for you in the next election? Well, it's their choice. You know, that they're allowed to decide and... Uh, uh, I've never taken for granted. I've never taken the electorate anywhere for granted. I want to continue the work that Arthur's been doing. I want to be an advocate nationally and to put the issues of County Louth for the people who live here. But I also want to have a mandate to argue and debate about the future of this island, about Irish reunification about getting orange and green to be more comfortable with each other, about bringing about fairness and decency in our lives and to making sure that our old people are looked after and that uh, our, our kids have access to education and that we have the fundamentals of, you know, just just transparency mm-hmm. and decency. And, you know, we're coming up to the anniversary of uh, 19 and 16 and we're going to have a lot of debate and coverage of all of those events and... You know, long since past the time that we talked about what the Republic declared in that day, proclaimed in that day, how would that look in the Ireland of this year? And I think that's a big debate that I want to be part of and want to, to try and influence and to, to bring people into a different space. This recession can be tackled. This recession can be beat. And more than that, we can come out of it stronger and better and with a better society. Finally, Jerry, um, I suppose no matter what your the listeners' political views are out there, you'd have to say that your your reputation as a as a leader, political leader, as a political strategist, and I mean it speaks for itself. So all I can say to you is uh, I'm looking forward to it, and best of luck to you. Okay, thanks, Padraig. I'm more. Good morning.